so gum welcome to the podcast um do you want to just give a brief like introduction about who you are for those of that are listening that don't know who you are okay i am gum great uncle mccord and uh that's what the gum stands for and so uh i'm your uncle yeah exactly and the way we came up with that i was talking with april and we were laughing when uh the first one was born i think it was allison okay and about about April is my aunt for the people that don't know. Yes. Yeah. And we were cracking up saying, you know, what's, you know, mama and papa and all this. Well, what is the uncle going to be, you know, and you're a great uncle. And I came up with great uncle gum, great uncle McCord. And that's how that started. Okay. So, yes. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And so, uh, I've been uh, first grade for 34 years, three years of sixth grade, and so top 37 years all total, and now happily retired, living on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so do you want to start right off with teaching? We can talk about that. Um, I'm kind of curious, what what would you say like a couple of things that you learned from because you said it was 34 years correct yeah well you, actually 37 oh wow 34 first grade just little people 34 yeah. years that's why i'm so crazy <laughs> and so your audience will know this accent is from east tennessee okay that that is yeah. good to clarify where you're from <laughs> yeah 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 they will um, know but what would you say is the number one thing you learned from teaching those 37 years, either about yourself or just about other people in general? Oh, gosh, I don't know. You can just say there's one thing you learned, but I, yeah. you know, I just, maybe a couple. I just, you just learned that, you know, children need lots of love and care, nurturing, and um, each child is an individual and you need to teach to that child. That particular, yeah, and uh, and I also learned that you know you can be silly and be a ham and cut up and still teach kids, and they learn that way a lot better than they do from the teachers that are so strict. At least in my opinion. So we, I always had fun classes. We always had fun, but we learned. Like for instance, I would stand on my head, and. Uh, have them have the first graders count to a hundred. And by the time we're getting close to a hundred, I'm, you know, my face is bright red. I'm going, come on, come on, come on faster, faster. But yeah. And we just, you know, we did fun things and uh, I would count cadence with them when we'd come in, you know, I don't know, but I've been told Mr. Carter's mighty old cutting up with him. Yep. They like to, yeah. So I just, kids are just great. And, uh, couldn't beat the job mm-hmm. pay pay not so great but the rewards are way beyond what you would get paid mm-hmm. so so you said like you mentioned that each kid is an individual and stuff do you have any kind of yes. like, do you remember examples of like a specific kid that was like really hard at first to kind of break through but you finally broke through to that person yeah 
Yeah, but see, I don't know that I can talk about that. Uh, yeah, I guess I can. Well, maybe maybe you don't have to use a name, but just say. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use a name, but you could still identify through some of the things. But yeah, but I've you know I yeah I've yeah. Let me think for a second. Okay, that's fine. Have, we we don't have to because it is like kids and it's privacy. Obviously, you have to respect that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, let's skip that part. But I had I had some neat kids. Mm-hmm. Had some real cool kids. You know, I had one little boy that was really cool. He was always asking me about my uh, about being in Vietnam, and uh, mm-hmm. so I he would he asked me if I had on some black boots, and he wanted to know if I had wore those in Vietnam. And I said no, but I said I've got pictures that I can show you. He says, Yeah, and I'll bet they're in black and white too, aren't they? <laughs> that's how bright he was he knew back then it was black and white won't be seeing any colors but yeah and so i'm kind of curious so do all the kids that you have did they all know that you like served in the military and all that background basically yeah because okay. i would tell them yeah mm-hmm. you know at different uh on veterans day and stuff like that I would, t- uh, yeah, I told him. Okay. But it was pretty, yeah, it was known. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm also kind of curious what, so you did serve in Vietnam for people listening that don't know. So what kind of made you think, okay, after you get back from Vietnam that you wanted to become a teacher? Did you want to become a teacher before you served or was that okay. afterwards? Okay. Here's that story. Uh, I was drafted. That's how I ended up in in the military. And I went to college to be in, you know, majored in teaching, mm-hmm. got my degree, got deferments through college. So I didn't, didn't get drafted. And then uh, when I graduated, I graduated in the middle of the year and there was one teaching opening within, you know, 50 miles of me. And I got it through uh, just the guy, uh, teacher help got it for me. And mm-hmm. I got it. So I thought I'd beat the draft by, you know, because they had teacher deferments then. Mm-hmm. So after, you know, I'd been working about a month, I'm driving down the road just to smile and listen to the radio. And it comes across the radio, teacher, defer, teacher deferments ended. And so that meant, I got drafted within probably within a month to two months. I got my draft notice and then they were real nice and said they and took me in um, after the, the end of the school year. So I, they took me in June. Mm-hmm. OK, so so you always wanted to be a teacher. Um, yes, and so, yeah, so I was teaching when I went into the military. Yeah. OK. okay. And then when I got back, I. Um, went to the uh, GI Bill and got my master's in administration because I thought I would wanted to become a principal at some point. But nah, teaching was teaching's where it is. I saw is I didn't want that administrative responsibility. And teaching's just that's it. Loved it. Too much fun. So did you have an experience in that administrative level or you just talked with people that were in that level and you're just like, I don't want to do that. I, uh, but to be honest with you, 
uh, my school system was one of, is one of the best ones in the area. Okay. And uh, by going to it and being a teacher, I got paid as much as a principal would in the surrounding counties. Okay. Wow. So I, you know, so I, and then I, after a couple of years teaching, I saw what the principals went through and I said, I don't want to, you know, spend my life, you know, working, you know, Mm -hmm. I want my, one of the reasons I went into teaching because I loved history and I was supposed to have been a history teacher and there's a whole different story there, but um, I wanted the vacation time in the summer back then you really got three months you got two weeks at christmas you got one week at uh thanks uh easter i think or sometime Mm -hmm. so you had lots of vacation and um so that was a big part of why part of and you know you had your retirement all that you know you'd get your paycheck on time but yeah, so I wanted to, but I went really for the vacations. I like that part, yeah. Well, yeah, let's go into that. So you, so you kind of chose teaching for obviously a variety of aspects. Uh, but let, let's hear about some of the vacations you've been on. Um, I know you've traveled to Greece recently, but maybe you could talk about some, some of those vacations that you haven't told me about, like maybe when you were younger. Yeah, one time... Uh, Four of us, uh, two couples, we came to uh, <clears throat> to your uh, grandparents' house before it was over with, when your dad was just a little bitty boy. Mm-hmm. No, wait, was he even around then? <laughs> I don't. Oh, I'm. I'm not for sure if he was around at that point. I know April Cord. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Well, it was in like about 1975, 1976, you know, when he would have been born. Uh, He was born in 68, I believe. Okay, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he was just a little guy. Mm -hmm. And we went to Nova Scotia. And so we went up to drove in a VW bus van with the pop top and uh, drove to... uh, got a ferry from Bar Harbor to Nova Scotia, then over to Quebec, down to Montreal, and then over to Burling, over to Vermont, Essex Road, Rolling Irish Road. Yeah. It, it yeah, it used to be Essex Junction at one mm-hmm. time. It was called, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure did. And then a lot of summers I spent, um, I had a bunch of friends that we partied the whole, a good part of the summer that lived in Louisiana and so, and then in Houston, Texas, I'd go, I'd spend pretty much the summer away partying. Yeah. Well, here, let's talk about that Canada trip. Cause that sounds pretty fun. So I've never been to Nova Scotia. I've always really wanted to go. It looks absolutely beautiful. Um, can you tell me like a little bit about what you guys did and maybe like the highlights of your trip there? It- that's a long time to remember all that but the really the fun thing was going to the bars talking mm-hmm. to the locals and all the different the houses were all painted all these uh real bright colors 
you know, okay. purples, yellows, oranges. I mean, really? Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's just really wild. And I don't know if that was through the whole island or just yeah. through a certain section, but yeah, I remember that real. And of course, we did the camping out, but it was it was fun just getting to know the locals, and then uh, then driving on to the other side down to Quebec. Mm-hmm. Quebec City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to Quebec City, and uh, you being a big history buff, you probably loved it, right? Did you go to the Plains of Abraham there and do that little walk by the river? Do you know what I'm talking uh, about? No, we didn't do that. We did the fort. There was a okay. big fort there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a fort yeah. there. Yeah. I forget the name of it. Um, uh, yeah, me too. That, that's, <laughs> I've, yeah, too many years have passed yeah. to remember the, that. <laughs> yeah it was actually very cool the the coolest thing i did in quebec city is there's this hotel that has like a rooftop bar on it um yeah yeah and that actually the bar turns like right in in a circle i don't know i don't know if it was there when you were there or if you've seen it but we i don't know that we wouldn't have done that because we were just poor kids in the camper <laughs> but i've been in a, a restaurant like that in um, uh niagara falls on okay. the uh, Canadian side, mm-hmm. yeah, there was, we went to one there. Yeah, it's so cool because you like you make a reservation, you're there for two hours, like you get food and drinks and stuff, and you just do like one big circle. It's it's a pretty cool concept. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned Louisiana too. I'm going to Louisiana in a couple of months for a wedding. You have any tips for places to go or things to check out? Oh, it's been so long since I've done that. But now, what? Where are you going in Louisiana? I have no idea. I'd have to look at it again. Um, okay, but if you go to a city called Lafayette, it's mm-hmm. not Lafayette. It's Lafayette. Okay. So just know that because <laughs> you'll sound like a yeah. So oh, the locals call it Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Just like Nevada, Nevada is not Nevada, it's Nevada. Do you learn that from if, the locals too? If you could do, if you learn that from the locals, yeah. Because that's where we do our razoring is in uh, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, let's, a lot of, let's talk a little, about, a little bit about that. Um, so what, what kind of razor model do you have? Oh, actually, I guess we should start with explaining to people what a razor exactly is. Yeah, it's a side by side uh, that you, uh, off, of course, off road, and uh, you, we go on. We do a lot of trail riding on it, and and riding in the sand, a place called Sand Mountain, and uh, they're fun. They're fun. Yeah, yeah. I essentially think of it as like a. For people listening that don't know, it's a souped-up golf cart that can go. I mean, how, <laughs> well, obviously it goes a lot faster and like turns like a golf right. cart. Right. And it's a lot taller off the ground. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how fast <laughs> have you gotten one of those up to? You know, I don't really know. I'm thinking, you know, because we basically you're not going 
you're riding trails and stuff, so you're not yeah, going so real, not real going fast. fast. So we don't, but on the highway, a couple of times we'll get, we've had to get on the highway because we've gotten so lost. Mm-hmm. And we, <laughs> you know, we find our, finally find the highway and then get back to our camp. Uh, but I want to say 40, 50 miles an hour on some straights. Okay. Yeah. But, um, we're notorious for going on uh, trails and just get and getting lost, but then we eventually find our way back out. But uh, the guys that I go with, they've got it down to a science now. They use uh, GPSs and all that good stuff, and I just follow, mm-hmm. and I hope I don't get left behind, because mine is the at least powerful of the of the razors. Okay. So yeah. so yeah, I'm kind of curious. So are all the trails and stuff out there all mapped out by GPS now, essentially? You know, I don't know that they are because I'm just, I just follow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, there must I be maps they, and stuff, right? But yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we have, you can get GPS that, that you can follow trails. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can. I don't know if it's going to say its name or anything, but you're going to find, yeah, you can follow it. Yeah. But then there's sometimes that, uh, it's not going to, it's not going to show you. And we do it. We do a few U-turns. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you ever get one of those stuck? Uh, Yeah. But I mean, we eventually get them out. You know, mm-hmm. we because we can winch them out with another one. Uh, the first time I went through mud, man, I was just covered in mud because I thought you had to just tromp it to get through this mud. Because <laughs> out there, it's usually real dry, and, mm-hmm. and we're in the sand, and then we're in the desert. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we came, it, but this one was a big, long mud puddle, you know, 500 feet or longer. And I'm thinking, okay, I got to really gun it to get through here. When really I wasn't paying attention, which is kind of me. I'm a little bit ADD. Uh, And everybody else had gone around the mud puddle up on the bank and around it. And I went straight through it. And I mean, just totally covered in mud from head to toe ever. The old cart was covered in mud. I learned real quick, but. But when we, yeah, we've been stuck, but yeah, you just winch them out mm. with uh, other people's, yeah. And would you say, because I know you go with my uncle Cord and like a couple of his buddies, but like outside of your kind of crew, is there a whole like razor community that is, oh, yeah, yeah. like message boards online and things you like know, that? I'm sure there are, but I really don't know. But I know right here where I live in Knoxville, you know, right out. The, where we go up uh, shooting uh, is a off-roading area, and uh, there's all kinds. We have all kinds of razors, razoring here too. But the thing about it is, it's uh, it's mud here. That's why I like it out west a lot better because it's, it's dry. Sand. <laughs> yeah, because it's sand or just dirt, you know. But here it's typically a lot of mud, but it's like like off-roading you know 
Yeah, I'd be curious if there's any like races or like long distance races or something. Like, I, f- you know, I feel like there could I, be something like that out there. I bet there probably are. Yeah, I bet there are. I think I've seen YouTube clips of racing up straight up hills and stuff with them. Oh, yeah, I've seen those too, where it's just a super steep hill and people yeah. just kind of try and make yeah. it up. I've also seen yeah. that with dirt bikes too, which it looks yeah, so yeah, dangerous because yeah. they just like try and go up the hill and then they don't make it and the bike comes falling down the hill. And... Yeah, rolling and flipping. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like some extreme sports, but I, I don't think I would do that. <laughs> nope. No. Uh-uh. A motorcycle, and I've done them. Trail bike, but man, they're too hard to pick up once you fall over on it. Yeah, you know when you're on the side of a hill. Mm-hmm. Well, that actually happened. I don't know if you've heard this story. So I was snowmobiling in my front, well, just like around the yards with my dad, and I was going down that hill. Do you know where the pine trees are, right in the front lawn? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So I was going down, and I tried to turn really quick because I was kind of going a little fast. And I rolled right. it, rolled it on top of me, and it it was it had my leg under it, and I was like holding it up, and I, and I just kind of yelled. My dad was out like ripping around, so he couldn't hear me, and he eventually came back and like helped me lift it off. But those those things are dangerous. Man. Yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. I I did an end over end on my two fifty Kawasaki trail bike, but. uh you know, of course, I fell off of it, but I was still hanging on when I went over and skinned the whole side of my body down. We were oh. up out in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Was that but in Tennessee? One... Pardon now. Was that in Tennessee? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It would, it, trail, yeah, trail riding wore me out. Did you do that for a while? I did, you know, just, you know, no, just having fun, not yeah. running with groups or anything like that. Yeah. And back in, back in those days, you didn't have all the fancy gear, you know. Not as much productive gear. Right. Hmm. And so like where, where in Tennessee would you go? Cause I just obviously run- just anywhere kind of or one's place yeah we got we got places we got places different you know i could name them off but you mm. wouldn't know where they were but yeah we've got a lot of good off-roading areas within 30 miles of here or less you know that uh yeah got some good off-roading because see we got all these mountains yeah the smoky mountains yeah 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 have you ever like gone on any like big hikes through there or yeah and i used to for three years we took our sixth graders up to um a little center in the right in in the smokies and Mm -hmm. we would go hiking and we'd do 15 mile hikes with those sixth graders and i was just fresh from vietnam and I wow. would wear their, I would wear their, you know, what's off, man. And you can, you go can, out. you can swear on the podcast. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we had, uh, you know, we about three, two, two different groups would go out typically on long ass hikes and, you know, 
10 to 15 mile hikes. And I would always take our crew and we'd just beat the heck out of the other group or two groups. And I used to kid the kids and tell them, you know, that when we get to this certain point, man, there's going to be Coke machines. And <laughs> they would believe it, you know. <laughs> and they'd be totally disappointed when we'd get to the top, you know. There was no Coke machine. And then, when, then I'd have them running down the bottom. But yeah, we did some good hiking. But there are... I have a buddy, he and his wife, they um, help maintain uh, people adopt trails in the Smokies. And so they help maintain those trails by, you know, just going out and make, seeing that they're clean and stuff. And uh, that's, the Smokies is the biggest national park in the U.S. of A. Really? Is that is that true? Yeah, I think I am. I hope I'm right. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna do a Google it. Yeah, do a Google, and uh, it is with the biggest national park. Let me look. Yeah, Google. Just Google largest national park. Yeah. In the U.S. I'm seeing. Dolly, Dollywood. <laughs> is that the name of it? No, Dollywood is right outside of the smoke of the uh, park. But that's her. She was born up in where the part of the park is, Sevierville. Yeah. Okay. Her, yeah. Her stomping grounds. I don't know why. I, I feel like this should be like a very simple list to find, but I'm having trouble. Yeah, it should be. Let me see what I can do iPad-wise. Okay, here. But, yeah. but uh, So there's, like, a couple in Alaska. There's, like, a lot in Alaska. Uh, so this says Death, uh, Val okay. Death Valley is the biggest in California. Okay. Um. Hmm. Wow, it's kind of huh. weird. It's weird. It's crazy that Alaska is such a high one. The Great Smoky Mountains Mountains is. It says it's number nineteen here. Oh, okay. For some reason, I always thought it was the number one. Five hundred five hundred thousand acres, though. That's very big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's almost the size of Yosemite, essentially. Wow, there's one in Alaska that's eight million acres. Is it like Denali or something? Yeah, like that? yeah, yeah. That's that's one place that I've never traveled to that I really want to go is Alaska. I feel like there's just so much to explore there, and so many animals that you don't see here. And yeah, I would like to go to Alaska too. Yeah, you haven't made it up that, that far north yet? No. I, well, actually, again, going to Vietnam, I stopped off in Alaska. Oh, really? We, uh, re we refueled in Alaska, and I had a buddy who had just moved to Alaska, Anchorage, a couple of years before that. And so I called him from the airport, and he was real close to the airport, so he came over 
and saw him for a couple of hours. But he brought me a, uh, he had part interest in a gold mine and he had panned these three nuggets and he gave me one, He one his wife and one for him. And then he gave me one for good luck in Vietnam. And I was going to have it welded to my dog tags, but I never was any place where I could do that. So I carried it in the bottom of a Zippo ladder so that I wouldn't lose it. And then I, when I came back, had it made into a ring, it as the setting for a ring. And then when one of my best friend's son went to the Iraq war, I gave the ring to him for good luck. Wow, that's very cool. So it's, it brought, it was brought some powerful luck. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, the, uh, it was well worn down by the time it got to, uh, got to him because mm. of just sticking my hands in and out of my pocket and that gold is real soft. Yeah. That's but, a very, uh, yeah. That's a very cool story though. Yeah, it is. It is cool. It was a cool but yep, cousin Turkey panned it out of the creek. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was in Alaska he did that? Yeah, he had bought part interest in uh, a gold mine. And I don't know if you know, but a lot of the gold mining is in parts of Alaska is in the, you know, you can only get to it so many for so long and then it freezes up. Oh, so there's only like a short window, like throughout yeah. the year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's crazy. Also in Alaska, with the different uh, seasons, where in the winter time they only have like a few hours of sunlight. I don't even think it's eight hours in the day. Like I was coming, right. I was coming back from the grocery store today at like six o'clock, and it was dark out, and I was like, "Oh, this stinks," but. Some other people would get even less sunlight. Yeah, don't doesn't Alaska go for days and days without sunlight? I think they might. Yeah, Uh, I think they might too. Depending on the season. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's during the winter or whatever. But there's Mm. a a certain time that they uh they don't have sunlight. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think especially like northern Alaska too, when you're getting up like up near the North Pole and stuff. Yeah, I, but see, I would love to see the northern lights. Aurora Borealis. Yes, yeah, yeah. That would be that would be awesome to see. Yeah, well, they say that the, from my limited knowledge on the subject, I'm not like a scientist or anything, but I believe the best places to see that is like northern Russia and northern Europe, for whatever yeah. reason, and and Alaska and Canada as well. Um, yeah, but I feel like all the videos I've seen have been from Northern Europe specifically. I don't know if that's right. a reason or if that's just because where scientists go. But but there, but there, in the very northern parts of the, of the uh, continental U.S., you they see them occasionally. Yeah, they dip down that low. Yeah, except I do feel like. Because we've always seen the time lapses of them. Do you know what I mean? When it's going super fast, yeah, waving yeah. and stuff. So I feel that drops the allure of it. Because when you see it, it doesn't necessarily look like what you're seeing on the documentaries and on YouTube and stuff like that. Right. 
Yeah, one time, uh, your aunt, aunt, your aunt Becky, and and your cousin. What would Katie? Mar- what is Katie Marie to you? A cousin? Katie Marie is my second cousin, right? Because she's okay. my father's cousin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Well, the three of us were coming back from Sedona, and maybe it wasn't Sedona that time. But anyway, Sedona, Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. Arizona. Okay. And we chased, I was driving their car and we chased this rainbow. And I mean, I chased it through a field. And I mean, we were, I mean, I don't know why I wasn't in it because I chased it as close as I could get to it. And, uh, but didn't, didn't drive through it, but I kept thinking I should, but I did. But I mean, yeah. And and you're, you're sober chasing after this rainbow? Yeah, I hadn't even been drinking, <laughs> partaking of anything. But yeah, but that was—I can't remember if that was the time. But one time I've seen two arch like that, you know, two rainbows and they cross. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was—I um, was out uh, a couple of weekends ago in Boston, in South Boston. Um, at uh, I have a friend who has a rooftop out there, and there was I saw it was a triple rainbow. I had never seen that before. Did you hear me okay? Yeah, something's. Why are these things not doing what I'm supposed to Did they die? No, one of them isn't connected. I think. Oh, that's what's happened. Yeah, say something. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah okay. I got they, you. They fell out. They did. Um, but yeah, so I was saying they, I'd i seen a triple rainbow, and that's something that I had never seen before. I didn't know it existed. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool, really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. One of the the prettiest sky I saw was in Vietnam right after a big storm. And I mean, it had every color in the sky from the rainbow. I mean, it was just a couple of times. I, storms were pretty over there. Right. Not not the monsoon, but a big storm, you know, big lightning storm. Yeah, that's mm. different. But yeah. So have you, because I've always kind of been curious, because you hear like monsoon versus hurricane. Have you ever experienced a big hurricane in America versus the monsoons you felt in Vietnam? Okay, I slept through a hurricane. <laughs> I woke up the next morning. I worked at this truck stop when I was going to college. I had friends and they had, uh, they had bought a truck stop. And so during the summertime, a couple of summers, they would fly me down to do their, uh, to work for them so that they could take vacation because they trusted me. And so I would go down and... Uh, one t- summer that I was there, we had a hurricane go through, and I was in the bunk room sleeping. And uh, when I woke up the next morning, I mean, there signs were bent, bent down, and there was a truck flipped over. That wasn't a big, humongous uh, truck stop, but it was a little, you know, decent little one back in the olden days. And yeah, but no, <laughs> it wasn't that. 
I missed the whole thing slip right through it because I was a good deep sleeper back then. And of course, back then I, you know, I'd work an all day shift, you know, 24 hours sometimes before I ever got to bed. But now I've been in a tornado and that's, uh, that's a little spooky. Did you, did, did you go down like underground into like a tornado shelter or were you just in the house? We went, we got in the hallway. It was when I was at Port Seal and it was like a park. And where, over, where is that? Uh, Lawton, Oklahoma. Okay. Near Texas Panhandle, I think. I think I'm kind of right. right. Um, but we got in the hallway. There was like one, two, three, four. There was eight couples that lived above this. Um, it was a boat place where they sold boats. And so we just got in the hallway, hunkered down, listened to the silence, then listened to the roar. And next morning you went out and you could just follow the path. And we ended up going to Oklahoma City, uh, you know, a few weeks later, and you could still just see the path. And it's just amazing, as you see on TV all the time nowadays. Yeah, well, don't they, they call that area kind of Tornado Alley? Or- Next, we get tornadoes on the East Coast now, and we never had them, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're getting them in Tennessee all, a bunch. Uh, not haven't had one here in Knoxville in a couple of in a few years, but Nashville's had them some. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a whole different subject, buddy. We are, you know, there's no tornado alley anymore. Tornadoes are going everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and I, I the, it is kind of crazy to think because uh, I know that there are a ton of natural disasters in America, and obviously millions of people get affected by it all year. Um, but right. I, I was reading an article that kind of like laid out all the different continents that have like the biggest national disasters and, and North America was one of the ranked the lowest. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. I forget, I forget what, what the highest was. Um, but I think Asia was pretty high just cause they have so many like tsunamis and, yeah. uh, mon- like you mentioned monsoons, um, and then I, I know in Africa, they have things like sandstorms and stuff, which is just absolutely devastating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've been in one uh, dirt storm in Oklahoma. Yeah. And I mean, it just, yeah, that it just total dirt. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can't see nothing. Yeah. It, but you were talking about uh, when I was in Cambodia, we went down the... Um, a part of the Mekong Delta and the houses. Let me see how to visualize this. The houses were built way up high. And let me get this right now. We drove on this road and you could look right in the houses. Mm-hmm. And then when the monsoons come, it comes up and it's all water and all the trucks and all the vehicles and all that, they have to go park them on high, the high grounds and they live uh, by boat. 
Wow. Part of the time, yeah, it was dirt. And these houses are on stilts, like, but yeah, they are on stilts. And, you know, some people would be um, having a barbecue underneath the house and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, but then when uh, when the water, as we went down, it kept getting, you know, we finally went into the Mekong Delta. But when uh, when it feeds in and comes down, it floods. And the water level is up right at the, the house, right at, you know, right there where so, it would be. If, yeah, so does yeah. that depend on the season? Or is it just yeah. when there's uh-huh. a big, if it's rain season, kind of all the water comes in? It's more like it's the rainy season. It's, it is. It, that's mm. when it happens. It's during the rainy season because all these different rivers, north, I guess I'm not real good with directions, but feed into <laughs> feed into the Mekong Delta. Okay, and that's and that's when there that part in uh, Cambodia, that was you know uh, one of the tributaries. I guess you would call it that fed into the Mekong Delta. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we did get get to the Mekong Delta. Okay, yeah. That makes you appreciate um, just kind of like living in your home, huh? Where you don't have to worry about your driveway yeah. out front turning into a little river. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Depending on the and month I of mean, the year. You could look right in their houses and uh, there would be no furniture and just uh, woven mats laying on the floor. And it, it was, yeah, very third world. Wow. And why why were you in Cam- Cambodia? Just a bunch of us old farts. <laughs> We've gone, gone back to Vietnam three different times and we do side trips. And okay. that one year, that side trip was Cambodia. Another time it was Thailand. Um, then uh, we, I went to, three of us went to Cap, uh, Nepal, went to Kathmandu and Dubai. And did I say Thailand? Thailand was real nice. That's very cool. Those those are yeah. all places that I certainly want to travel to at some point. Yeah, and do it while you're yeah. young. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone tells me. Um, yeah, yeah, do it while you're young. We mm-hmm. got things backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm kind of curious. You spoke that you've been to Vietnam back three times now. Um, yeah. Just kind of tell me like about that experience and what you did and if you had kind of a different outlook on your time that you served there, maybe afterwards as well. Okay. Yeah. See, I was always out in the field. I was never really in, in town, like in Saigon. I never was in Saigon. So and, you had never been there uh, before. So, yeah. Okay. So, I was, you know, when I was in the war part, it was always at LZ, landing zones, they called them LZs, or on a mountaintop, or, but never in the city of Saigon, or any, I went through one village. I was never freely walking in a village at all. But going back, it's, you know, it was great uh, getting to see 
Saigon and what Saigon was like, and also just seeing what it was like that part. I was more north and getting to be on, we did go down the Mekong Delta there. And that, there they call it the uh, Vietnamese coffee. It's so dirty. Mm-hmm. So they call the they call the Delta the uh, Vietnamese coffee, but it was just it was neat, and the people love Americans, and they are so friendly, and it you know, and that's so far we just like going back, and I think I'm over it now, mm-hmm. unless we went to uh, a different place, but we've done you know. If we did something different, but the last three times we, a good part of the times we've done some of the same things over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've been we, you know, we went as far north as the Da Nang or Da Nang, but actually it's Da Nang. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and another side trip was Hong Kong. Oh wow! That, well, that was cool. When did and we wh- went to? Oh, we went going. to Macau went to Macau and did a little gambling and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was on a slot machine and I was a pulling it and a winning and going crazy. And I'd look at, there's this one uh, Taiwan Chinese guy sitting two or three seats down from me. And I'd look at him and he'd hit point and I'd jerk the lever. And I'd look at him, you know, should I do it? You know, and he'd, he'd do like that. And I'd pull the lever. And I was winning real big, you know, when I say real big, probably $100. I have no idea. But everybody was crowding around me, you know. We were cheering and going. Then, of course, I lost it all. But, yeah, <laughs> one of the guys with us, the colonel that was with us, he said he couldn't believe how I brought that crowd in, you know. But, yeah. We, everybody was around me. It was fun. Best hundred dollars I actually I only spent I think twenty bucks, but uh, I have no idea how much I got up to. But it must have been pretty decent. Yeah. Did you play uh, yeah. Baccarat? I think is the name of it. Have you heard? Of yeah. That and game? I say I've never done that, and I and I'm too much of a space cadet. I've tried to play blackjack, <laughs> you know, in Vegas and. Uh, mm-hmm. The dealers, the dealers always tell me, you know, uh, after they've worked with me as much as they can, they say, you probably need to go to slot machines. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not good. Yeah, people people don't like when you play uh, blackjack and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, if you, yeah, take, they, if you mm-hmm. take their cards or something like that, they get pretty pissed yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't follow the, yeah. And I did that a couple of times. I got sixes or something like that. And you're mm-hmm. supposed to not take a hit. And I took a hit or I split them or something crazy, you know. And it pissed <laughs> one of the guys off. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Baccarat is essentially the Asian version of Blackjack. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so I I went when I was in Australia. Um, it's pretty popular there too um, because they have a lot of people coming from places like dubai and thailand to their casinos um right so i i kind of learned it there i didn't do a lot of playing it was more watching um but we we would play like in the apartment and not in the casino where you're actually gonna lose your money (laughs) yeah you're right yeah but i you're australia you had a good time in australia didn't you 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I was uh, I was on like the Gold Coast is what they call it. Yeah. Um, yep. So it's essentially like the Miami Beach of um, America. It, like Miami Beach, I would say, is the Gold yeah. Coast in Australia. Um, so it was really awesome. I also got to travel around Australia to Sydney and um, Melbourne, not Melbourne. It's Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne, okay. Yeah, thank which you. I learned yeah. once I got there. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was an amazing experience. Got to go to New Zealand and Bali as well. Um, oh, cool. So I, I can say I've been to Asia, um, even though it was one little tiny island. Um, but it still counts. That counts. Heck mm-hmm. yeah. Better yeah. believe it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, but is there anywhere you haven't traveled yet that you wish you could travel to? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, I just want to travel. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, I'm going to hopefully we're going to Croatia. Uh, but I'm not for sure. I think it's it's. It's in 2022, and I think in around October. Okay. Our um, a yoga, some of our yoga, we have a yoga retreat that we'll do. You know, that's when we went to Crete a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to go to Croatia earlier, but of course the pandemic said no. Yeah. <laughs> trying to put a stop on that. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I want, yeah, I'd love to go to Spain, you know, Italy, Spain. I, France, everywhere, all of them. Mm. Yeah. The so you mentioned area. you mentioned you're kind of into yoga. Do you go every week or? Yeah, I try to go four to five days a week. Oh, really? That many times? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you think that's helped you as far as just your overall health? And because how long have you been doing it now? You know, it's three or four years. When you're as old as me, you know, a year's like a week. Yeah. So I've been doing three or four weeks. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um yeah, it's made a bit yeah, it's made a big difference. And with my back the way it is, it's helped that a lot in that I can still stand up straight. Mm-hmm. And I'm still haven't had to have surgery. I sur- I haven't. Um I don't want to get surgery, but I really should, but I don't want to get it again. Mm-hmm. but yes definitely in answering your question yeah yoga has helped a bunch and can have you like felt the progress in different poses that you do that you could like you feel yourself getting more flexible every couple uh-huh. of weeks or something yeah i do because mm-hmm. i i almost associate yoga with like lifting weights like someone that does a bicep curl like if you practice like obviously you're gonna get your biceps gonna become bigger and i feel like people should kind of think of yoga that same way where if you're doing these different stretches you're going to become more flexible and your body is going to become healthier at the same time yep definitely and yeah and but when you're as old as i am i you know some of those tendons just don't stretch as far as that, you know, yeah. that muscle, that tissue, it doesn't, you know, I have made progress, but I would have liked to have made a lot more progress. Yeah. But it's just, when you get, when you're an old part, 
you just don't. I knew that back in the 70s. I, I had a teacher then that told me, you know, that, and I forget and I can't find anybody that can remember, but it's like piranha in your body. But you can't, you come to a point where there's no more elasticity. So you can't, it doesn't stretch out like it would when you were younger. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm yeah, locked definitely. in at some spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and that's just kind of part of, I mean, you see it with athletes when they get older, they obviously yeah. they can't do on what they once did. Right. But I would strongly recommend to you, if you ever are interested, I would start yoga and stick with it. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, see, I, I quit it back in the seventies. I really liked it then, but then we just did it. That's when it really wasn't, you know, kind of coming along. And uh, I did a two hour class once a week and I really liked it and felt, you know, and I did about two years worth, but the partying conflicted with the philosophy of yoga and partying over road yoga. (laughs) So if I could go back, I should have, you know, stuck with that yoga, make it would have made a big difference. But I've always said, you know, I'm going to play hard mm. and I'm not going to complain. So I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you uh, a fact. <laughs> <laughs> so you no were complaining. You were into yoga back in the 70s, you said. Yeah, that's I first started. But then, but of course, like I said, I didn't stick with yeah. it. It was about 1975, 76, something like that. And I feel like that's yeah. way ahead because I feel like yoga has made oh, yeah. a major resurgence recently, especially with something like Bikram yoga, which obviously, right. um, with the leader of that being a little questionable person. Um, but anyways, so what was... Because was there yoga studios? So I don't know. How, did you do it for a while back in the 70s or was it just? Uh, uh, yeah, I did a couple of years. Okay. But not, you know, but see, I, I'm not structured or I, I'm, not, I'm not structured or disciplined. <laughs> so I didn't do yoga every day like I should have or every other day. I just did it when I went to class. Okay. And then occasionally I do it at home on my own. Mm-hmm. But I am totally undisciplined. Mm-hmm. I'm more like a space cadet. Well, it's probably and, a lot easier now, right? Because you ha- you can just do it um, on your iPad or your phone. You can get it. Yeah. Where before yeah. you would need someone that knew all the poses. And if you tried to kind of figure it out by yourself at home, it might be it's definitely a lot more challenging. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And see, back then, there wasn't people teaching yoga it was kind of you know yoga was like a, uh you know people skeptical of people that took yoga you know, kind of like a cult you know <laughs> the way a lot of people looked at it yeah you're you're just ahead of the curve yeah trying to yeah tell me about you yeah sure flipping the podcast a little bit okay um, yeah flip it a little bit so I work in the marketing space. Um, so I do like the email stuff and uh, 
email and websites for companies that are working in the senior living space. Um, okay. So people that uh, need kind of extra care um, while they're getting older, uh, if you need constant medical assistance. Um, and so I do marketing for those types of places. Uh, okay. And then I also do marketing for kind of 50 plus communities. Um, so for people that are kind of looking to get out of the house and they might want a sense of community um, around right. them um, and they don't really want to worry about food or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, That's real popular now. Yeah. It's real popular. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, I, it's for some people and then obviously some people still enjoy living on their own. Um, I personally think if I was in that position, I wouldn't like one of those communities. Um, but I definitely think it, there is kind of like a market for that. Definitely, um, yeah. yeah. But, but I agree with you. I don't, yeah. yeah, I want to be <laughs> in my own home. But no, but there is definitely, you're right, 100% right. There's a market. Mm -hmm. That's where the money is with us old parts. You know, I mean, just think of anything you, you know, where you can get, make connections with old people because mm -hmm. we're your market right now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, definitely. And the baby boomers are, which are the largest generation out of everyone. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a, definitely. I've, I forget what the, but I think the most people in America are aged like 40 to 50, somewhere in that range. Um, okay. That's like the biggest like group. age group. Yeah. Okay. Here's, I can tell you and you do the math. Okay. Uh, 1964 mm -hmm. was the, was the peak. That was the peak. Okay. That was uh -huh. the year my mother was born. You're right. And or maybe reason, maybe it was sixty-five. Uh, I don't know. Okay, but see the um, the baby boomers started in January nineteen forty-six, mm -hmm. and it peaked in nineteen sixty-eight, or did okay. I? No, sixty-four. Yeah, I think 64, 64. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to win money on that because everybody's no, no, it didn't last that long, but it's based on the growth, the population growth. Mm -hmm. And so as it got higher, it peaked that in 1964 and that's when it, it was no longer baby boomers. Mm -hmm. So I'm one of your original baby boomers because I was born in January and that was the year it started. Mm -hmm. So you're yeah. the OG. Yeah, I'm definitely OG. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've always thought that's such a strange concept, though. And, like, it's so arbitrary, too, that how they come up with generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, who, I still don't. Who decides that and who's like, okay, this is this generation and this is that? I don't really understand yeah. the whole process behind that. Me either. And now, look, I'm 75 years old. And I still don't know, you know, how many decades is a generation, you know, or yeah. How do you know which? Yeah, I, it doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, I guess you, it, it must be kind of like a change in the shift of thinking, 
I guess, so to speak. I don't know, but I feel like it's so hard to grasp like of this amount of generations thinking versus like this, because obviously every person born in a different year has a different way of thinking. Right. Yeah. Or it's kind of like a little, you know, so many years and then it kind of shifts. Maybe. I don't know. I really don't know. So my generation then you're, you know, so generations are different than what I was thinking generations are. Because there's a bunch of generations, right? Yeah, because you have Gen X, Gen... I'm Gen X. Yeah, Gen Y. Well, I think me and Cameron are... Cameron's my older brother. He's 21. Um, So he... Did I just say older brother? Yeah, yeah, you did. He's he's my younger brother. Younger brother. (laughs) Sometimes he's probably more mature. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kidding. But yeah, so, and then you have, there's like millennials, which everyone likes to rag on them. Um, And then the baby boomers. And I think after that is the silent generation. Um, Okay, I don't know that I've heard the silent generation. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm like a marketing. So I had to Uh, learn all these in school. Yeah, you know that shit. That's why I'm talking to you. (laughs) Tell me, Um, teach me. But yeah, so, but yeah, I just, I've always thought, and I do kind of see it, I can, there's definitely a generational gap between the people my age, and I don't know if it's the years, like one or two years younger, but there's, there's a, there's a switch when in, when I was in middle school and high school and stuff like that, we, we started, we started to get social media, but we Uh didn't have it. Right. And the, I like just missed the bubble and the kids that are like one, two, three years younger, they all have social media and all were using it. And I feel like that kind of changed. They're just like, whole like, and obviously there's other factors due to that. Um, But what I guess what I'm trying to say is I always, I don't really view social media as like trying to make myself look better. I look at it as more of a, like connecting with people and making relationships with others, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where, where yeah. I feel like the people younger than me are more like wanting to project the world that they are this amazing person and do all these amazing things. Does that make sense? Yeah, total, totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And this younger generation, yeah the social media is that's their uh, lifeblood in a sense mm-hmm. yeah and you know? not, not and, that uh, that's everyone obviously no, like no, there's, no, no. there's exceptions to everything but i feel like right. it's definitely more than the older generations that's for sure yeah, yeah. but i know just yeah just like your grandparents their generation was before the baby boomer and we're so totally different it's night and day mm-hmm. you know as far as it's obvious that i'm from a different generation <laughs> than their generation yeah definitely yeah mm. and not only that life experiences obviously have oh yeah oh yeah definitely. that that definitely yeah. plays in yeah, yeah. 
Well, and like you mentioned in the beginning, when you're talking about students and stuff and that students need to be loved. And if someone kind of grows up in a very dysfunctional household, the chances are is that that person is going to be dysfunctional. Oh, there's not a, it's no doubt. Yeah. That's a given. Unfortunately, that's a given. Yeah, I mean, it's sad what's done, what, how bad our children are mistreated. It is. Yeah. yeah, I just watched. Have you ever seen The Sopranos? No, you know, I didn't get into to The Sopranos, but did, is this new one? Yeah, so one yeah, yeah, so there's a new movie, and it kind of it gives the backstory about Tony Soprano, who's obviously this yeah. like horrible mob boss that you kind of like you follow his character arc in the Sopranos. And so this movie is about um, him kind of growing up as a child and into like a high schooler. Um, And the movie is not really centered around him. It's more centered around his uncle. Uh, But it kind of shows you that like he was your regular kid in high school with hanging out with his friends, like trying to get beer for a party senior year uh it just kind of shows you he's just a regular kid and then his uncle who is in the mob kind of introduces him into it and he kind of gets swept up into it and it it really was kind of showcasing that you are a product of who you're around and who you're Mm -hmm. hanging out with well see you just look at it who's your first model who do you model like my life after yeah I mean, who, who's my your parents. first influence? Yeah, my your, par- parents your parents are your first yeah. influence. And your ego, now I'm not going to get this exactly right, but your ego is developed by the time you're about uh, four to six years old, something like that. I want to say four. four that, sound, five, that, in that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds that, great. That's developed already. Okay. And um, yeah. So what happens to you those first four years are very, very, very important. And, you know, and if a child is not nurtured and loved and all that, it makes a bit, you know, I mean, it screws up a kid's life. It does, you know, kids, you can overcome it, but it's still, it's a missing link. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great for my college psych courses. I feel like that sounds around right. Yeah, I'm I'm somewhat right on that one. Yeah, <laughs> having talked uh, 30, 37 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. See, you're just now. How old are you? I'm 23. I'm gonna be 24 in yeah. December. Okay. See that your frontal lobe. You're just now getting that frontal lobe is fully developed. Mm-hmm. You're at that. You're at that age now. Yeah. You'll make. Yeah. You'll yeah, make I've, more mature decisions. I think the original. I think the. I think it's like 23 to 26, somewhere in that range yeah. is when it gets yeah. fully developed. Yeah. I don't but think yeah. mine ever did. <laughs> I think mine got locked in back there at about 21, and it just stayed there. Uh, but, hey, uh, it takes takes time for different people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you don't want to rush things, you know? Mm-hmm. Procrastination is my best friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because there's always a tomorrow. And you say, well, there might not be. And you're right. If there's not, then why in the hell did I waste my time doing something when there's not going to be a tomorrow? So there's always a tomorrow or not. 
right? That is true. That makes good sense, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I have now started making my bed most mornings. There, there was this general that said that you need to make your bed the first thing when you get up, make your bed. So I've started trying to do that. Yes, I've heard that speech before. Um, yeah. The, I, the idea is if you make your bed in the morning, right, then it's like kind of the first task. So then you try to yeah. complete other tasks. Yeah, yeah. You get that routine. See, that's the military, you know. Yeah. And routine, routine. That's why you can tell the difference between, and I will better watch my mouth, between Army and Marines. Marines are so much more disciplined mm. than Army. That's just, uh, they got to, uh, they're just trained harder. Yeah, I was actually, I don't know how I came across this, but I was on, I forget if it was YouTube or Instagram, and they're training Marines by pepper spraying them in the face and then they would have yeah. to like fight off like attackers. Yeah. Like, those yeah. people are Ooh. psychos. It's just, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. obviously like I'm so thankful for them that they train like that so they can protect us from people that I couldn't fight off. But I feel like that's just not something I would ever sign up for. <laughs> No, it takes a special person to be a Marine, trust mm -hmm. me, it does, it does. Yeah. And I mean, the, the Marine Corps beats it in their heads. They basically brainwash them. Mm -hmm. Now, if if you had a bunch of followers, I'd be in trouble. But yeah, they, you know, the Marines are basically brainwashed. And once a Marine, always a Marine. Mm -hmm. So That is, that is. That's oh. true. I mean, yeah, they, they, yeah, but once army, not always army, okay, you know. But once a marine, they're always marine. And you can, you know, I've heard a lot of different people say, you know, you can tell a marine by just the way they walk, you know, really? the way they the way they hold themselves in a a group of people. Hmm. It's it's obvious. Hmm. Just you know, if you know that there are military people in there. Yeah. But that's something I just recently did. Went to uh, just the other night a Medal of Honor dinner. We've had ten now here in Knoxville. Oh wow! For and we honor one Medal of Honor recipient. And I want to get that correct. You say recipient. You don't okay. win the Medal of Honor. That's it's not a winner. It's you receive it. Um, but we've had 10 for the East Tennessee and we raised, we, we raised money for, um, the, our memorial down in the world's fair park. And so that's real fun. And the next year we're going to have, um, the convention, the Medal of honor convention here. We had it here a few years back. And they liked it so much that we're going to have it again next year in September here. Okay. And is that, yeah. so is that only like Medal of Honor recipients in that are from Tennessee come to that? Or is that all over no, the country? from all over the United States. Okay. All that's what United I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And see, there's own, there's not a whole bunch, a whole bunch of Medal of Honor recipients living. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm not going to give you a number, but it's not, I'm going to, uh, well, here, let me Google it. But oh. yeah, pull that up while we're talking, but yeah, there's not a whole bunch, but, uh, you know, the movie Forrest Gump. Yes. You know, when he got the Medal of Honor from uh, President Johnson. Mm-hmm. Well, I I know the guy. I met the guy. His name is Sammy Davis, but not Junior, but Sammy Davis. That was the uh, he was the recipient of the Medal of Honor, and they CGI'd Tom Hanks' face onto his body. Oh, really? Yeah. So I got a picture of me and Sammy uh, together. I think I don't know if we both got a beer in our hands, but I'm drinking a beer, and I'm he may have been, but anyway. Yeah. And when he came back, um, I printed it up, made a picture, printed it up, and he autographed it, you know, signed it. But yeah. he was an old, he was an old artillery part. So we kind of bonded when they were here at the last convention. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. Okay, so I have the numbers pulled up here. So there's, sure. so to date, there's been 3,473 awarded. Um, there's only 103 living uh, recipients of the award. Okay, I thought I was right at about 100. Yes. Yeah. So you're, yeah. yeah, you're pretty much spot on. That's pretty close for an old mm. part. Yeah. 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 And so that is that's awarded. Is that awarded by the president or is that awarded? Yes, that's okay. You got to go through a ton of shit to get nominated for that award. But mm-hmm. then the president puts it on your neck. He, okay. he bends you with it. Yeah. Puts it around your neck. Yeah. And is that the highest level of? That's, that's the highest honor you can get in the okay. military. There comes no higher. Mm-hmm. And it comes with certain privileges, too. I can't really tell you. But I think you may get a little bit of a, you know, so much money. A year, yeah, a yearly income from it, not much. I don't know, but but they do a lot. Like once, you know, they don't just go off and live their life. They do a lot of stuff together and as a group and helping, you know, promote children, good stuff for children and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it says here they get. Uh... Like you get more like money as far as like social security and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe you don't have to pay income tax. Maybe I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I don't know. Let me see if I can do some more research here. Oh, what? This says a special medal of honor pension of a million. Of a thousand per month. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you get a thousand dollars, which I don't know if you know what the regular one is. It's just different. Just different. Yeah. Um, Depending on your rank and all that. Yeah. You get special air travel, um, which makes sense. Um, Yeah. All of your, all of your children can go to, um, any military academy completely paid for. Oh, whoa, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're, you're able to be uh, buried at Arlington National Cemetery. 
Go you ahead. got some old fart on the side of the road with your sign up saying, you know, I was a Medal of Honor winner. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no. no, no, no. They don't. They're not winners in the first place. And you're not going to see a Medal of Honor recipient out begging. Mm-hmm. But I had this guy at the car wash many years ago told me, you know, he was a Medal of Honor recipient. Yeah. He was a hoop. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like if you do receive like a prestigious award like that, you can kind of go on like a lecture circuit and I'm sure there's people write books and things like that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so do you know the difference between that and say the Purple Heart? Is is the Purple Heart just a different award? No. uh, Oh, yeah. Purple Heart is, yeah, is a different reward. Uh, It's for any you have to be injured during combat. Okay. So you could be in Iraq and get injured and not get a Purple Heart. You've got to be in, unless it's changed, unless it's changed, you got to be in combat. Okay. So uh, I had this uh, lousy ass first sergeant that uh, got his ass torn on an engineering stake when he was running to the bunker and he got a middle of heart for that and we weren't even getting attacked we just thought we were and our captain got a um, purple heart did I say middle of honor the- you, 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 you said middle of heart but I, okay, I okay. knew you meant Purple Heart. <laughs> purple Heart. And then our captain got a Purple Heart because the hooch he was living in collapsed on him and hurt his back. And he said it was uh, a truck backed into it, and that's why it collapsed, fell in. And he said that it had weakened, the structure had been weakened during an attack uh, a couple of days before. So that's pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to me at the time, the Purple Heart was kind of a joke. Yeah. But it's really not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is not. Yeah. But the way I was seeing how some of these jerks were doing it in Vietnam, that was just totally wrong. But, yeah. But the Purple Heart being a recipient or the win- uh, Purple Heart, that means you, many, many, many got really bad injuries. Mm. And they more than deserve. And I think they may get something for the Purple Heart, too. A little. uh, I'm not for sure. You get extra money for that or not. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I'm sure you do. Well, because obviously there's the, like, veterans, like, fund with the disabilities. Um, If you're injured, you get some sort of money. Um, Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get disability from the VA. Yeah. See the thing about uh, the thing about the army, um, not the army, about the military. They promise you the world. We're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you. You know, we got your back all the way. But mm-hmm. then, as soon as you're out of the military, bam, we don't know you. It takes you know, they don't support you. They don't. It, it's like to get disability you got 
it's unbelievable what you got to go through. And think about the Agent Orange guys. They got fortunately, I did not get exposed, but the guys, I mean, it took until the 90s before they could, many of them could get any kind of relief for Agent Orange, you know, and by that time, many had died even. It's the, they don't take care of you like they promise you when you first go in. It's not yeah. that way, unfortunately. Yeah. And definitely now, especially with like, because I don't know, you probably know this a lot better than me being in the military space, but the whole conversation around like PTSD and stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I Because that's kind of a, obviously a newer um, conversation, correct? A new what now? A newer conversation as far as PTSD and kind of diagnosing it or no? Am I incorrect in that? Yeah, see, when I, they, we didn't know what PTSD was. If, yeah. You know, when I first, you know, I had a touch of it myself, but uh, I went to a private shrink, mm. but they weren't really doing, you know, considering it PTSD. And I don't know when they started calling it that. But yeah, at first, we didn't know what PTSD. We called it shell shock mm-hmm. in World War II. I don't know what uh, there was something. And it was called something else in World War One. But yeah. So PTSD then became a thing. Yeah. Have you heard of any of these, uh, like, kind of alternative medicines with PTSD as far as, like, using like LSD or like mushrooms or like MDMA? I'm not really, but I've heard that there is, a, that somebody has developed a pill that's supposed to take it away from you. But now yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just recently developed a pill that will cure you. Oh, really? How, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it will cure Yeah, but it's supposed to be good, but I yeah. don't know if it's true or not. Yeah, well, I know that there's been a lot of studies and stuff with, um, like, people from the military that have PTSD and then also people that have suffered traumas as, like, young child or even if you're older. Um, Uh And so what these, um, I don't know if they're psychiatrists or if they're just experts in kind of, like, psychology, but what they do is they, you're essentially on, like, a guided trip almost, and then yeah, okay. you, yeah. so they walk you through the experience um, and it kind of gives you a realization, so to speak, of right. kind yeah. of the situation. Really, yeah. yeah. And um, they guide you through it. Yeah. yeah. And it's supposed it's supposedly, according to the data, um, it's supposed to be really helpful as far as getting people to, um, like I said, like relive these experiences and kind of Uh come out the other side uh better um i think it also kind of has to do like you have to be careful with it as well because obviously people can have bad experiences and if you're self-medicating with that kind of stuff it's definitely not like the best idea um right but it, it is kind of cool to see something especially something like mushrooms that's like growing in the wild that can be helpful Rather growing than growing on cow patties, growing yeah, on cow patties, exactly. Yeah. Rather yeah. than yeah. like some pill you take, yeah. See, uh, the University of McGill 
in Montreal back in the um, they did experiments on the, some military people with LSD mm-hmm. for the army. It was a big comp, it was a big secret thing back then. Well, that was a little different, right? They were they were trying to figure out if it made people into better, like functioning uh, humans, a better soldier. Yeah, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. They were trying that, but they were also. I don't know if this. I've been. T- I don't know if this is true or not, but been told that they spiked the LSD back during that time to make you have bad trips to make the hippies look bad. Oh, really? Yeah. And you can Google this and check it because I'm not for sure, but I, the way I understand it, the government got, and I don't want to say, I don't want to start a theory. Well, we're not a big enough audience to start no. a conspiracy theory, but the government bought up the friggin' uh, formula for LSD. Mm-hmm. and then the uh the that, that i do know yeah okay and then they spiked it to make the uh hippies look bad because they'd have bump, bad trips on it on some of it okay mm-hmm. and back in whenever lsd was good and people started having these nice smooth level trips you know Back in let's say the eighties or the nineties or when it, it was when the guys that were making it got put away in prison and they the chemists were coming back out of prison and making it and it wasn't doctored up by mm. the government. So it total different light of what LSD would do to you. Yeah, but that's I've never done LSD. No. Yeah, neither. I, I was, always, neither I was I. always afraid to. I was always afraid to. Mm-hmm. I was afraid I would bear my soul. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, especially because you kind of, I mean, I don't know. I've heard like multiple stories with like LSD and the um, government. And then also one thing I learned recently in the past couple months um i was listening to a podcast actually and they were talking about um in world war ii how essentially all of germany was on like a form of methamphetamine yeah Uh, like Uh all all the time everyone that worked in the um factories all the soldiers everyone in the nazi party um and i feel like that's just not talked about like yeah, I, I, I was 23 I years old something. yeah and i i had obviously you hear everything about like world war ii and whatever and not yeah. that that really explains anything but it's just i feel like that's something that you should know that an entire country was essentially on this one drug and that's probably what led to some of the decisions they made um during that time i just found that kind of odd yeah yeah definitely it also energized them as far as, you know, concentrating and fighting back, mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. If you were taking speed the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah. I like... Oh, really, man, you don't yeah. want to stop. Let's not stop fighting, too. Let's not go back to the 
trenches. Uh-uh. <laughs> but yeah, there is so much that we don't know that goes on that uh, I guess we're not supposed to know, but I would love to know a lot of the stuff that they pull on us that we don't know about mm. and we'll never know about. Just like, you know, they're just beginning to talk about, and you were talking about you and Kim got to talking about spacecraft and aliens yeah. and stuff. You know, they're just now beginning to admit that there are spacecrafts out there. Mm. And we've known it since Roswell and probably before. Mm-hmm. You know, if you pay attention to cave drawings, you, we knew it back then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, There's too many. Yeah. It, and so have you heard about the, the Tic Tac, uh, like, kind of ships that look like Tic Tacs? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, down, yeah. Alpha, down Long Beach, near Long yeah. Beach, California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, so like, I'm not like a super like alien guy, but that's one story that I have heard and I've listened to those pilots talk about it. And it's, I mean, it's pretty damning evidence that there's, there's definitely something out there. There's something out there. I mean, we just have to be arrogant to think we're the only people in the universe. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And one, one thing, one kind of theory that I thought of, which I'd never really thought about before um, is you've seen the alien movies. Do you know what I'm talking about? With uh, Sigourney uh, Weaver. Sigourney. Yeah. 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 So there's like, there's a, I've seen those, but then there's also a couple newer movies. Um, the director Ridley Scott did, he's done two, I think. Um, right. But But the premise of those movies are that there is, another species that essentially like created humans and then they also created the alien species okay and so they kind of wanted they're seeing like which one would fight against each other and which one would win kind of yeah yeah and so that's like a concept i had never even like thought of that we we could have been created by another species entirely right yeah yeah we're just little puppets down here yeah 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 no shit be interesting to know all right well i think we're kind of at our limit of uh conversation yeah and i think we're both getting kind of tired as well (laughs) yeah but it's been great talking with you avery we'll have to do this again 